1: Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website and give them a call, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples Magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples Magazine. To find out more, visit lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator. We're seven days from the election and uh, look forward to get her thoughts. We'll also visit with Boo Morton, so find out what's new with Boo. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. We'll be talking about D.C. swamp. The creatures they want Biden to restore, crony corrupt, anti-American normalcy. That's his latest column. We'll talk about that. And Linda My wife, Linda, will be joining us. She writes, uh, greetings from paradise. You'll find that on the website. Look forward to our conversation with her as well. It is October the 27th, and on this day in 1904, New York City Mayor George McClellan took the controls of the inaugural run of the city's innovative new rapid transit system, the subway. While London boasts the world's oldest underground uh, train network, it opened in 1863, and Boston built the first subway in the United States in 1897. The New York subway soon became the largest American system, the first line operated by the Interborough uh, Rapid Transit Company, The IRT traveled 9.1 miles through 28 stations running from City Hall to Lower Manhattan to Grand Central Station Terminal in Midtown and then heading west along 42nd Street to Times Square. The line finished by zipping north all the way to 145th Street and Broadway in Harlem. On opening day, Mayor McClellan so enjoyed his stint as engineer that he stayed at the controls all the way from City Hall to 103rd Street. At 7 p.m. that evening, the subway opened to the general public and more than 100,000 people paid a nickel each to take the first ride under the Manhattan IRT. That all happened to open in 1904 on this day. Can you believe that's only 116 years ago? How time flies and how much innovation and change has occurred in that period of time. New, New York changed forever as a result of that addition. Those train lines couldn't operate in most cities in the United States, but certainly has been helpful in Boston and New York. Well, the federal, uh, I should say Florida Department of Health reported 48 new cases of COVID-19 and no additional deaths in Collier County uh, yesterday. That's below the recent seven-day average, and we can only hope uh, that that, uh, there's going to be a drop-off in these numbers. As cases of COVID-19 soar, healthcare officials are concerned that people are becoming tired of following the restrictions and precautions needed to uh, contain the virus. Statistics show that more people are returning to pre-pandemic activities, even as experts warn us to remain vigilant. The collective exhaustion experienced worldwide as the virus' second wave roars is like a tsunami across the globe has been labeled pandemic fatigue. I certainly am... uh, Experiencing that myself, my biggest concern is uh, the masks. I think the masks—it's not been proven that they really contribute much to uh, keeping us healthy, away from the virus. But I do believe social distancing, keeping our and uh, washing our hands and so forth, can play a big part in getting us through this thing. Well, the Senate voted yesterday, this is historic, 52 to 48 on Monday night to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court in the move that makes the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals judge a Notre Dame law professor the third appointment to the high court by President Trump, solidifying his administration's legacy even further just a week before Election Day as he seeks a second term. By the way, that vote, 52 to 48... No Democrats voted yes. All Republicans did. Well, I think, actually, there was one abstention. The last president to nominate three new justices to the Supreme Court was Ronald Reagan. Justice Barrett made clear that she will issue rulings based solely on a faithful reading of the law, and the Constitution is written, not legislate from the bench. Trump said during a swearing in ceremony in the White House on Monday, the American people put their trust in you and their faith in you as you take up the task of defending our laws, our Constitution, and this country we all love, he said. Monday's vote marked the end of a confirmation process that lasted just 40 days from the date that Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died to when her successor, uh, Barrett, was confirmed. During that time, Democrats objected loudly to the speed and timing of the confirmation just before an election. Meanwhile, Republicans have touted Barrett's record as an academic and a judge as impeccable and her well-qualified rating from the American Bar Association, whose representatives delayed descriptions of her, uh, relayed descriptions of her as brilliant and an intellectual giant, It was great. Justice Clarence Thomas administered the constitutional oath to Barrett and the White House on Monday night, while Chief Justice will administer the official oath, the judicial oath to her, in a private ceremony at the court on Tuesday. Shortly before the vote to confirm Barrett, Schumer, you know him, Crying Chuck, as uh, the president calls him, blasted the process as a decades-long effort to tilt the court to the right... (laughs) This nomination is part of a decades long effort to tilt the courts toward the right to accomplish through the courts what Republicans could never accomplish through Congress. Well, that's his point of view, which basically is underneath that. The under the girding of his comment is basically we want activist judges on the bench to to complete for what we can't complete, which is the progressive movement uh, in Congress just my opinion. Well, speaking of the, speaking of the Supreme Court, the US Supreme Court yesterday in a 5-3 vote rejected Democrats' calls to reinstate the 6-day extension for receipt of mail ballots in Wisconsin. President Trump won the historically blue state of Wisconsin in 2016 against Hillary Clinton by a razor-thin margin. The Democrats fought to reinstate the 6-day extension for absentee ballots and lost time on Monday. It failed. Big victory for uh, the president. That would have only created more chaos as uh, votes were counted in Wisconsin. They certainly have the time to get their votes in uh, in the next week. Well, there were three great rallies by President Trump yesterday in Pennsylvania. Uh, There's about 45,000 folks uh, that showed up for these rallies. And approximately 15% of the people that showed up were not Republican, Republican, 20.1% 20.1% did not vote in 2016. Now, these were in uh, Martinsburg. Uh, the rallies were, uh, let's see, in Allentown and uh, one other rally. I'm looking for the name right now, but it doesn't matter. The point is that what uh, these polls that we see that show Biden in the lead or tied with Trump all uh, are taken from likely voters, and I would su- suggest also mainly Democrats or a, a majority of Democrats. Well, what you see, people attending these rallies, are p- some people are voting for Trump or supporting Trump that are not Republican and didn't vote, are not likely voters in this upcoming election. But the uh, turnout is going to be massive, in my view. Now, the Rasmussen Report's daily presidential tracking poll for Monday, sponsored by Liberty Nation, Conservative news shows that 52% of likely voters approve of President Trump's job performance, 46% disapprove. That going into the election, I think, is going to bode well uh, for the president. The president yesterday conducted three rallies in three different cities in Pennsylvania, came back to the White House, and put on a terrific confirmation ceremony for justice spirit we watched it It was great now what happened where is old joe he's resting up or probably more accurately staying out of the limelight to avoid more gaffes (laughs) for example i'm sick and tired of smart guys so there's somebody that's just unbelievable uh The latest Rasmussen reports, National Telephone and Online Survey finds 54% of likely voters believe it's likely that Biden was consulted and perhaps profited from Hunter's overseas business dealings, including at least one involving a company in mainland China. 44% consider it very likely. 38% think it's unlikely Biden was involved with his son's uh, business dealings, including 21% say that it's not at all likely that it happened. Point is this, that in spite of the effort uh, by the mainstream media and social media to cover this all up, uh, it's not happening. Uh, People are aware of what's going on. In fact, Biden's family insider-turned-whistleblower Tony Babalinsky is slated to appear on Tucker Carlson's news show uh, tonight in an episode dedicated entirely to the explosive Hunter Biden emails, the extended interview will reportedly uh, reveal the delicious details on how the Democrat presidential nominee, Joe Biden, then vice president under Obama administration at the time, was deeply involved in his son's overseas business dealings. The media have suppressed the story, but it's real and it matters. Voters, voters have a right to know the details, Carson tweeted in a viral post. According to a source familiar with the production's planning, Bobolinsky will play recordings of Biden's family operatives begging the former business partner to remain quiet. The tapes claim that reveal will reveal will bury the reputations of those implicated, that according to Sean Davis from The Federalist. The former Ar- Army intelligence officer came forward to confirm the big guy was an alias for Hunter's father, cited in an email on May 13, 2017. So I really encourage you, if you have any questions about this, I don't, but I'm going to watch it anyhow because Tucker Carlson's show is terrific, 8 o'clock on Fox uh, tonight. Again, Bobolinsky is going to be the entire show about the scandal uh, involving Hunter Biden and his father, Joe Biden. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples Magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples Magazine. To find out more, visit lifeinnaples.net. Okay, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. (laughs) For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House thrift stores, Cafe M25, Wash and Detailing Center and award winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthews House is a 501c3 not for profit organization and does not solicit government funding.
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host. Bob
1: Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hearing that St. Matthew's House commercial just reminds me of uh, Lulabee's Diner. What a great job they do. And, of course, they've been so supportive of St. Matthew's House. I encourage you uh, to visit uh, Lulabee's Diner at the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Well, as an attorney and a state legislator, I thought you might be interested in commenting on uh, what happened last night the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court.
2: Yeah, I mean, I uh, obviously we all knew the outcome, uh, but she's quite an impressive person. And, uh, you know, researching her background and her history and, and uh, you know, how she lives her life, she's an ideal candidate. And it's but it became politicized and uh, putting sort you of know, thoughts in her, her mind, which unfortunately is. I wish people could understand that our justices are, are really, really quality people. Mm-hmm. And they, they're not partisan. I mean, they, they obviously have certain constitutional leanings, but it's not partisan at all. And so. In addition, I think she will follow the law
1: in the U.S. Constitution. Well, I do too, and uh, you make a great point because I expect, I think the legislators on the left especially, who not one vote cast supporter from the Democrat Party in the Senate, uh, and I think the expectation is, you know, since we fail to accomplish our goals through the legislative process, we want the Supreme Court to back us up and take over and get the job done, and that's not their role.
2: No, not at all, and I think that's so short sighted of people because it denigrates the the, the 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 body the the court um and and it makes it makes them appear to be um partisan and they're not, you know i was i sat on the federal judicial nominations commission, and i when I met all those people, I didn't look and see what their um party was mm-hmm. i just I was interested in Their judicial temperament, their philosophy, they are outstanding uh, jurists, these people who can make it that far. You can't be some political hack and make it to the Supreme Court.
1: Yeah. Great comments. Well, I'm also interested. Here we are a week ago, uh, a week away, a big election coming up on November the 3rd. I know you're extremely involved and very active in uh, supporting especially state Senate candidates. How are things looking right now?
2: we feel pretty good uh, we have twenty three uh, Republican senators out of forty uh, we certainly don't want to lose any uh, we have uh, you know uh, four very uh, contentious races uh, two of which are our uh, Republican uh, seats that have been term limited out and they're throwing lots of lots of stuff at it but we're we're ahead and we're pushing very hard and then we there are uh, two other seats that are have been a uh, Democrat that we're working and we're hoping to pick up at least one of them. And uh, our message has been great. The Democrats have been all over the place, very fractured. Uh, our discipline message and our fundraising capacity has been astounding. And, uh, you know, we feel pretty confident. We uh, we keep saying we're going to come back with twenty five.
1: Uh, well, that would be fabulous. Now, uh, how much yes. imba- impact do you think the presidential race is going to have on the uh, turnout and on and the influence on the uh, candidates that are that are running?
2: Well, that's that's the million dollar question. Uh, the turnout, of course, is huge. Mm-hmm. The question is who are they going to vote for once they've uh, voted for the top of the ticket? Um, so, when you look at the uh, seat that are very contentious they are in um, territory that is becoming more and more blue uh, one of the problems we have in the state of florida is that so many people and we've talked about this are moving down to florida from new york new jersey massachusetts connecticut and they're they're very liberal they're bringing their liberal ideas and their liberal votes uh, here so that's going to be a, a challenge over the next the next ten years or so. Yeah. That being said, we have um, the the races that we're concerned about are blue, the, 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 and so we have to run a, a ground game. We ha- we have to rely on the individuals that are running a grassroots campaign and distinguish our Republican candidate from the Democratic candidate and how we believe that our candidates are going to do a better job for their districts than the Democrats are. And that's what we've been doing all
1: summer. And also the statistics show that there's been a a raft of uh, Republican uh, uh, voters who've actually signed up to vote, who've registered to vote. I mean, that ground game that you're talking about has been very effective in kind of leveling the playing field between Republicans and Democrats in Florida.
2: Well, hopefully uh, that will continue. The 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 one little thing that I worry about is you know because it's it's a uh, you know we're not in a primary they can vote for whomever they want to right and so so uh, I'm concerned that there are a lot of people registering for different parties um, that have really nothing to do with their party that they actually believe they belong to yeah no we don't know how they're gonna
1: yeah Yeah, uh, you know but in my view. Uh, and I'd be interested in your comments on this. I just, I just think that the enthusiasm for President Trump is so strong, and as this news breaks, this bombshell on on Hunter Biden the uh, uh, play to right. p- pay to yeah. play thing, is I think it's just going to dampen uh, the turnout for Biden and therefore for Democrat candidates.
2: That that's um, that's what I'm hearing as well. Um, I think the uh, unknown factor is what this pandemic. Uh, is is doing uh you know a lot of people including a lot of republicans are very concerned about it um you know i you and i have had conversations about you know personal responsibility and the like but this is not that's not the discussion the discussion is uh, a lot of our my constituents and a lot of my republican constituents that are older are very concerned that the pandemic has gotten out of control and so I don't know how they're going to vote. I think most of them are probably going to still vote Republican because of the policies of Biden. But they are concerned about the pandemic. And so I'm worried some people aren't going to vote at all in that race.
1: Well, uh, I would agree with that. Well, in any event, it is an election. And thank God we have elections that aren't fixed <laughs> in the United States. Yes. So it, it's a real contest. Exactly. And the and ultimately, the people will speak and they will make their decision and uh, uh, my hope is that we'll have a peaceful transfer of power, either back to President Trump or uh, Sleepy Joe, however it turns out, as well as the uh, Senate yeah. candidates. So, Kathleen, couldn't, yeah, go ahead.
2: Well, yeah, I agree with you completely.
1: Well, thank you so much. Well, I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show, Kathleen. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. Have a great
1: day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. We're going to find out uh, what's new with Boo, that and more, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Bob Harden show, and now here's your host,
1: Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. Now building a new performing arts center in downtown Naples, it'll be terrific. You can find out more by visiting Gulf Shore Playhouse. Dot org coming up we're going to be visiting with seat motley the founder and president of less government now it's right time to find out what's new with boo boo mortenson in madison wisconsin boo thank you so much for joining us
3: well thank you it's my pleasure and uh i bet the weather's a lot different up here than it is down there
1: you know what it is absolutely beautiful i think the uh the weather has turned, still a little humid and a little warm, but uh, just beautiful days. And had a big rainstorm yesterday afternoon, but still so beautiful here on the Paradise Coast. So what's it like up oh, there? Oh, I
3: been Cold, clear, snowy.
1: Snowy? Ugh. Well, snowy, wish, yeah. I, I would guess that yep. dampens the spirits for revolt and looting <laughs> among the Antifa. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's really hard. It kind of takes the thrill away from the demonstrators when you're trying to stay warm. You've got hat coat, mitten scarves on. It's hard to do a lot of damage with all of that. So everybody is very low-key right now,
1: low and slow. Low and slow. So, Boo, what are you thinking about going into the election here in seven days?
3: You know, I,
1: I don't have a clue.
3: I don't have a clue. I go to so many different websites. And they say this, the statistics here. I went to real clear politics, and they had every Gallup poll, every poll, anybody that does a poll, they included them. They analyzed all the endpoint data. And uh, from all of those polls, they say Biden is ahead.
1: Yeah, I know that. Those polls are for likely voters. I mentioned this earlier in the show, but the turnout at these rallies, and there's 45,000 people that showed up at, uh, can you believe that to Trump's rallies yesterday in three different rallies in cities in, in, the, in the state of Pennsylvania, Commonwealth, I should say, of Pennsylvania. But my point about this is over 20% of them aren't even Republicans, they're Democrats. And over 20% of them did not vote last uh, last election. My point is, uh, they're polling likely voters, but you can see what's happening with likely voters. Many many of them are, are going to vote, and they're not likely voters.
3: So you're still convinced that Trump's going to win in a landslide?
1: Yes. You heard okay. it. I, I'm, I, I do believe that in a landslide in terms of the electoral college. I'd actually, okay. I actually think he's going to win the popular vote. That would be just uh, amazing if that happened.
3: Okay, ten dollars. We got ten bucks on it.
1: Oh my gosh! Did we just bet on air, Boo? Okay, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> you got it.
3: Ten bucks. We'll we'll see. Well, speaking of voting and uh, Gallup polls, do you hear about the fifty-six percent? That's a percentage of registered voters who were asked if they are better off today than they were four years ago? Yes. The interesting thing is 56% said yes. They personally are better off. But what's interesting is when they asked if the country was better off now than it was four years ago, only 39% said yes. And nobody understands why there's such a difference
1: well, the only metric that counts is whether I feel better off. I'm going to vote based on my own wallet, my own circumstances. Wouldn't you think? I mean, I think that's probably the motivation for most people as they think about going to the polls is, you know, who's going to who's going to leave me better off in 4 years, which president? And I'm not just talking about uh, financially. I'm talking about in terms of security, health, safety, all the various metrics that we think about, you know, our personal interests.
3: I agree. I think that that's a thinking man's or a thinking woman's strategy. Mm-hmm. However, mm. I think that there are a lot of people that have such a visceral hate for Trump mm. that they're going to vote for Biden simply because they can't stand Trump and it has nothing to do with how it's going to better their lives. It's a pure, emotional, uh, vindictive vote. And I think there are a lot of people that will do that.
1: You know, I, and I think you, there are, too. Like, uh, for example, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I think all of her oh, motivation is based, based on pure uh, uh, Trump derangement syndrome. Same thing with uh, that guy. What's his name from Oregon? I forgot. Humor? No, I'm thinking about Schumer? the uh, Danang Dick. Dick Blumenthal uh, is, a, is a, in the same camp. I mean, they're just visceral hate for Schumer uh, as well. So I think there are a lot of people like that. But my question is, Boo, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, Will they actually show up? Could they hate Trump so much that they'd show up to vote, to vote against him?
3: I believe they will. Hmm. I think it will galvanize a huge population of the United States to do that.
1: Wow. Well, I suppose that's why there's votes at all for for, uh, old Joe, because he's, you know, here we are, seven days. He he doesn't have any scheduled events between now and uh, the election. They're keeping them. in well, I the think ba- they're
3: saying they're trying to minimize his gas.
1: Right. I w- saying
3: you're ahead. Don't make any mistakes. We're going with the
1: flow. It in his last uh, he did an event and he looked so angry and negative. It was just incredible. And he said <laughs> the one I just can't forget is he blurted out, "I'm sick and tired of smart guys." <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) There's quite a a statement. Well, the good—you know what? I'll tell you something. Speaking about listening to news, I go to all these websites Uh between the coronavirus, the elections, the fires, the hurricanes, the—oh, my gosh. So I thought there's got to be good news. Do you know that there's a website called Happy News?
1: You know, I get an email on from some website. I haven't even really looked at it, but it's it's about happy news. It always has some happy things that are happening. Unfortunately, yeah. the, you know, it, people are, I hate to say it, but people are more interested in what's the negative stuff going on.
3: I have negative news fatigue.
1: Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I agree. I do too. But hey,
3: do you like Halloween? Did you like Halloween as a kid? Did you get all dressed up?
1: You know, uh, uh, my parents told me that uh, one year, I guess it was my first Halloween costume, I was dressed up as a devil, and when the evening finished, they say that I refused to take the costume off and went to bed in it. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> but you It know, worked I, for five days. <laughs> but I can't
1: recall. Actually, uh, I guess I enjoyed going out and get the goodies and the candy and all that, and trick-or-treating was, back in the day, it was fun. You didn't have to have your parents with you. You know they wanted you to be, be home by dark and that kind of thing, but uh, you know I guess I guess I did get it at Halloween. How about you?
3: Oh, yeah, you know, I don't remember any of the costumes. My mother wasn't a sewer, uh, so I'm sure that it was a store bought costume, which was fine. but you' just such freedom running around with your little bag and filling it up with candy. I yeah. mean what joy, what instant gratification? Yeah, exactly it was wonderful. Do you know that there are so many schools here in Communist Madison? that don't allow Halloween.
1: Yeah.
3: It's just not allowed. I don't know why. It's, what, devil's worship, or it's, I don't know, they put some sort of a negative connotation to it. And I thought, oh, come on.
1: Well, sadly, I think there is also some danger in it. You know, back in the day, parents or, you know, people would welcome young kids coming in and look at their costumes and call them cute and all that kind of thing and throw a bunch of candy in their bag. Today, people worry about, uh, you know, poison stuff and bad stuff uh, that happens to the kids if they're out there trick-and-treating.
3: Yeah, I know it. It's just too bad, but it's it's kind of a... And you know that people used to, I don't think this year, but it used to be a huge retail sale for decorations and lights and all of that that... People spend almost on Halloween as much on Halloween decorations as they do on Christmas.
1: It's true, but I think this—that's of course this uh, virus, coronavirus—is changing a lot of behavior for us. And not always for the best, quite frankly. I think uh, these masks are, are, are how we our expression, our countenance is an important way of communicating. You know, n- not just the words, but you know that who we are. And I just feel like masks are just getting in the way of an important element of human communication interaction.
3: Do you wear a mask?
1: As infrequently as possible. I don't go to places that absolutely require it. Uh, I went to the doctor yesterday for my annual physical, and uh, I sat there in the waiting room and talked to the doctor with his mask on. It's the most I've worn a mask since this whole thing began. Really? Yeah
3: so you're I take it that you don't go you're not doing the grocery shopping you're not uh you're not going to a lot of different restaurants
1: no because well, most
3: restaurants at least here you have to wear a mask to get into the restaurant. well
1: incorporated uh Collier county uh, unincorporated Collier county uh that is the mandate however, in Naples does not have such a mandate, so uh, quite frankly, I think that tilts the playing field for people like us to uh to restaurants in Naples?
3: Oh, my heavens. Well, you know, I'll tell you. uh, Lauren's daughter and uh, fiancé went to the Trump rally when it was here in Wisconsin a week ago. Uh Uh-huh. And then two days later, they were going to come to our condo to celebrate uh, the fiancé's birthday. So she sent me photos of the Trump rally. Almost nobody was wearing a mask. Yep. It was outside, but nobody was wearing a mask. Yep. And before they came over, I said, you know, I think maybe you should be tested
2: because
1: uh-huh.
3: you were with a lot of people. Well, guess what? They got the coronavirus.
1: Any symptoms? Was it uh, was they- yeah?
3: I mean, not not serious. You know, the draggy. It just the con, You know, just the classic flu symptoms. Yeah, yeah. But they were. They did test positive. And uh, I think statistically, if you're around a lot of people, most of whom are not wearing a mask your chances are greatly increased of, uh, being exposed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I think the important thing is, you know, once they're exposed, once they get it and they recover and they no longer have the the virus, there is a period of immunity. So that's a good thing.
3: Yeah. And they're, again, they're not devastatingly sick. Thank goodness. For some people it's, you know, it's pretty
1: bad. Well, it can be uh, very bad for, for some people. Uh, just like any illness can be very bad for many people. But I think that's the the fear factor is w- the, f- the fear pandemic is worse than the virus pandemic, in my view. So anyhow, be- I always appreciate your commentary. I don't know how we got on this, but it was uh, interesting to talk about. Thank you so much for joining us. Here A lot sh-
3: of veering off.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Boo. Have a great week, Bob. You as well. Thank you. All right. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Bob
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. Visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden, the author of Greetings from Paradise. That's my wife, by the way. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and publisher, president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. See, I always appreciate your columns in Red State. I think they're terrific. Your latest is about the D.C. swamp. I thought we'd talk about that, but before we do, love to hear your comments and thoughts about the election in seven days.
4: Well, I think, I mean, I was just asked about this by um, Mark Tapscott at the Epoch Times, and what I said was, you know, we have glaring, bright-line visual aids. I mean, Trump is having these rallies with 20,000 people mm. at them. And then he, it, he's driving back to the airport, and you could collect the people standing alongside the road just to get a glimpse and wave at him and do another rally with that many people right. standing alongside the road. And then you have all these... We just had another caravan here in Naples from uh, Alfie Oaks at Seed to Table. And yeah. they're in Miami. And we just had a giant parade in Beverly Hills, California, for goodness good sake. Yeah. And, you know, Biden and Harris can't draw flies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just very difficult for me to believe that with that much enthusiasm and, and the only enthusiasm on the Democrat side is loathing of Trump, yep. and I just you know that's obviously not driving them to appear at Biden and Harris rallies, uh, their loathing of trump. Um, now, of course, the default Democrat vote is very, very high now and getting higher with illegal immigration and immigration and and uh, all of that. But I just, I can't fathom all the enthusiasm Trump has demonstrated for his candidacy Mm -hmm. that he loses the election. Now, I thought the inert Senate, the Senate should have been having hearings about the attempted coup ever since we found out about the attempted coup, which was two plus years ago. Mm -hmm. What the heck were they doing? They are inert. Um, I think the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the Amy Coney Barrett uh, confirmation saves the Senate. I think because the mm-hmm. one thing McConnell's been good on and has been for years and years is judges and justices. Mm-hmm. I think that saves the Senate. I'm not sure. Um, you know, is I, you know, the anger at Democrats so high that it uh, manifests itself in a House takeover? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I can't envision Trump losing.
1: You know, those are my sentiments exactly, and for the same reasons, quite frankly. It's just the, this, the enthusiasm is palpable, and uh, <laughs> uh, the vice presidential candidate, Kamala uh, Harris, so she, she was asked about her, whether sh- she was a, a socialist, whether she supported a socialist agenda, and she cackled, and...
4: Uh, right. Well, <laughs> you know, we've gone through this before. Uh, when Obama ran in 08, he was the most liberal... Senator. Right. Um, you know, I, I warn people when Biden beat, beat Sanders in the primary and everybody breathed, breathed a sigh of relief, I went and looked it up. When they served concurrently in the Senate, Biden was more to the left than Sanders was. Wow. So this lie that he's a moderate is completely absurd. Um, Hillary Clinton, when she was nominated, was one tick to the right of of Sanders but they were 6th and 7th in the Senate Yeah, for most leftists. So there were 5 that were left in both
1: of them. So I so, think and this kind of gets us back to your column, which is basically, uh, I think the swamp uh, wants the, the wants to see uh, uh, Biden elected to the oh, restore... Sure. To look, rest- look the,
4: the socialism means more jobs for them, more power for them, more money for them. The swamp creatures. That's what it means. They may not all be, you know, dyed-in-the-wool, you know, Karl Marx t-shirt-wearing idiots. But the fact of the matter is, a conservative like Trump coming in and devolving power away from D.C. devolves power away from them. Right. So they're going to oppose it. Um, You know, I I always say government is an organism, and just like any other organism, its first instinct is survival, its second is growth expansion and that's what government's trying to do in DC and here comes Trump pulling the plugs on all these things and they're freaking out it's it's like a hornet's nest mm-hmm. you can let the hornets nest grow on your on your porch and it's not they're really not going to bother you if you let them you know build their their nest they're not going to bother you when you start to try to take it down is when they bother you and that's what's happening to Trump now. Right. And, you know, Biden is running on, he's running these ads, a return to normalcy. Yeah. Well, what he means is D.C. normal, not American normal. I said this about Obama uh, and, 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 and Hillary Clinton versus Trump. Um, to Hillary, Biden, Obama wanted to change America. Trump wants to change D.C.
1: Yeah.
4: And... Biden's return to normalcy is a return to pre-Trump, eternal growth, eternal power, D.C. government. Right. And that includes everything. And the, and the point I made in the piece at the end was net neutrality, when some, you know, as much as they try to keep a, a hobnail boot on everything, sometimes a shoot of capitalism makes its way through the stony ground and then, the, and then the swamp creatures scramble to try to you know get a hold on it to 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 put it under a boot too. Yeah. And the and and the internet was one of those things. It it went from a you know doddering dial up novelty to one sixth of our entire economy. Right. And they don't really have a regulatory hook in it. That's what net neutrality is. And and so his normalcy is. Getting this one outlier, this free market outlier, back in uh, back under the boot, back under the DC boot. Yep, and, um, they- and 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 that, and of course, he's for that. His entire internet platform um, it, it was drafted in, in in conjunction with Bernie Sanders.
1: That's unbelievable. You
4: know, social Vermont socialist Bernie Sanders, who honeymooned in the Soviet Union. Yeah. and we know. Look, there's a. One of the godfathers of the, of the movement to control, have government control the Internet, Robert McChesney, he's a college professor at Champaign-Urbana in Illinois, and an avowed Marxist, please pardon the redundancy, yeah. um, has said that net neutrality ultimately is to divest, the, take the Internet away from the phone and cable companies that built it, and divest them from control.
1: That's just and he a- views
4: net neutrality as the media portion of dismantling the capitalist system and rebuilding it brick by brick on uh, based upon the principles of socialism. And yeah. net neutrality is obviously a key component of that because perhaps one of the, the most free market portion of the economy is the Internet.
1: That's absolutely right. I just appreciate your comments so much. And, again, uh, as you've said, uh, the Internet is a free market, Xanadu, and we need to make that's just free, one well, of the. Well,
4: I used to say free speech, free market, Xanadu. But not, now, any- <laughs> not so much. <laughs>
1: okay. Seat Molly again, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit Less Government. Dot .org you can also visit less government on facebook Seaton always appreciates your commentary here in the show thank you so much for joining us thank you sir my pleasure indeed all right coming up we're going to visit with linda harden she writes greetings from paradise people love it and uh, many listeners have suggested why don't you have linda on the show and talk about what's going on so we're going to do that and more right here in the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network <laughs>
0: Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and I proudly serve on the board. I hope you'll check out the website, the FGA. Dot org. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife, that's right. enjoy having her on the show. Uh, some of my listeners have said, you know what, it would be great if you had your wife on the show because she writes this column, our blog, uh, Greetings from Paradise, by the way, which are all posted on my website, uh, Greetings from Paradise. is a pull-down tab that you can check them out. Anyhow, entertaining writer, she does a great job, and people love being on the email list. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good Good morning, Linda. Hey, so uh, let's just veer away from what's happening in Naples and talk about the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett last night. What are your thoughts? It was so exciting to watch. It was just so exciting to watch. So for uh, you know what, I potted up the. Let's start over because I had okay. There, <laughs> oh, that sounds much better.
5: So, am I? Am I on? You're on now. So. Okay. So it was so exciting to watch uh, Amy Coney Barrett take the oath of office. Um, we didn't watch we didn't watch the vote because it was you know, it was too aggravating to watch. Yeah. Um, but but seeing her take the oath of office and, and have the oath administered by um, Clarence Thomas was just terrific.
1: It really was. And there is a connection between Clarence Thomas and Joe Biden. Maybe it was just a little bit of salt in the wound there. Maybe you could tell us about it.
5: Well, I was just on Twitter this morning before I came in, and and uh, Donald Trump was, has been tweeting like crazy this morning. But one of the things that he was tweeting about was the fact that Joe Biden, his, the Democrat nominee uh, for president, was leading the charge uh, against Clarence Thomas, the the I don't remember what the exact term was, but the high tech—I think it was high tech lynching.
1: That's what Clarence Thomas called at The very end, he says, "This is a paramount to being a, a high tech lynching," and it, this was a, like uh, pretty much the behavior you saw from the Democrats—not only then, but also, of course, with uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Right,
5: right. But it was—it was, it was just—you know—it's—it's it's fun to watch how um, Donald Trump tries to tie all these things together and what he what he does and get like. Take that, Democrats, when he does stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it was great. And, uh, of course, she's going to be sworn in officially today. And uh, going straight to work. And going straight to work to consider some important cases. Uh, Just yesterday, they uh, turned over this uh, Wisconsin case that would allow voters, their mail-in ballots, to be counted for six days after the election. That was overturned by the Supreme Court. I suspect we're going to see more of that.
5: It's very exciting, and... uh, you know what? Donald Trump is not wasting a second. He's up every early every morning, goes to bed late at night. If he goes to bed at all, he's up tweeting and he's on to at least three locations today to campaign. I don't know how the man does it.
1: I don't either. But, of course, Sleepy Joe's in his basement. And I think they're they're keeping him there because of oh, the gaff. Linda, Every you've played for me so many times. I love the gaff. He screams. He's so bad. I'm sick and tired of smart guys. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting
5: too is that because Trump's all over the place now, they're bringing Joe out of the basement. So now he's going to be traveling this week. Oh, really? Which is which is absolutely amazing because you know for somebody who's supposedly way ahead, um, now he's scared. So he's they're bringing him out. So we look forward to more gaffes.
1: We yeah, uh, we're we'll going to certainly see some more gaffes. They've got the best cook. Uh, was a political corruption machine ever in- <laughs> invented. He's just unbelievable. Hey, there's a couple of uh, documentaries that I think are worth noting. You and I have watched together that had big impact on me. I thought they were t- terrific. One of which is Trump Card.
5: Yeah, Trump Card was great. Um, we've watched all of Dinesh D'Souza's movies. He's been absolutely awesome. Yeah. But Trump Card uh, revealed some things that, you know, as much research as I've done on Biden and, and Obama and all these stuff revealed that stuff that I didn't even know it was jaw-dropping.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, Denise D'Souza, of course, is a very special man. He was incarcerated, put into jail uh, for giving $20,000 extra to a candidate who he didn't—he he went to college with this person at Dartmouth and made a contribution, illegal contribution. He says, you know what, I, I should have been punished for that, no question, but he ended up going doing hard time and uh, just recently published a list of about 200 donors that have over-contributed to Biden's campaign. Do you think they're going to go to jail?
5: No, it, you know, it's a, it's a dual-justice system, and, and, you know, Trump is doing his level best to try to expose that, which, was, which is, God bless him for that. And, the, you know, uh, Trump card was great. It can be found on Amazon Prime now. Huh. As can uh, the plot
1: against the president, the other movie that we watched. Yeah, that documentary was so interesting, and for those, that, it, from my point of view, what I, what I saw was a complete expose of what exactly happened from the time that President Trump decided to run for president, and this plot to try and bring him down from all different figures. It was just a very interesting, interesting. Uh, uh, Documentary. Well,
5: for for those who don't know, the the movie was based on the book by Lee Smith with the same name, "The Plot Against the President," mm. and and the book uh, highlights what a powerful impact Devin Nunes had on exposing this whole uh, uh, Russian conspiracy and and the coup that was about to take place. And it, and it featured him um, in the movie extensively about yeah. what they how they tried to shut him up and whatever. But it, um, I thought the movie was. It raced by. It's a minute, or an hour and 31 minutes long, and it was just riveting.
1: Yeah, and uh, thanks for bringing that up, because it did. I was so impressed with the—I uh, didn't realize how impactful Devin Nunes' work has been in bringing in light to uh, to what's happened. H- how can our listeners find this documentary?
5: Like I said, they're both on Amazon Prime. Mm. Um, and if if you don't get Amazon Prime, uh, I I managed to track the plot against the president down on, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so that, that, was, that was a good way. And, and Vimeo and other sites like that uh, mm-hmm. can be. But the best is Amazon Prime.
1: Yeah. So two great documentaries to see. Wow, the, uh, the Plot Against the President and Trump Card. Two great documentaries. So uh, any comments and thoughts going into the final days of the election?
5: Oh, my goodness. It's a good thing that we picked up some more wine because it's going to be a rocky rye. <laughs> I, You know, I don't know how, how Donald Trump does it. With, he doesn't drink coffee. He doesn't drink wine. He doesn't drink anything. He just drinks Diet Coke and eats McDonald's french fries.
1: Where does he get the energy? I just do not understand. I mean, he... he- Last uh, election, he said, I left it all on the field. There's no question. That's what he does. He, he just leaves it all on the field. If, if uh, he doesn't win this election, it well, won't because for lack of effort. He just is doing everything he can.
5: Well, the the one thing that, to answer that question, um, and it's exemplified by the song he plays before every rally, that Lee Greenwood song. Mm-hmm. and. uh he loves this country, yeah, and he feels like he wants to save it from the deep state and from all the uh, the garbage that's been going on for so many years. So, yeah. Um, oh. What an what an unselfish man to give it give his life up for this country. You know,
1: you make a great point because I think that is really the seed of the enthusiasm behind Trump's candidacy. Is it's uh, not him? What it's what he represents, which is taking the country back from the deep state, from the political elite, from people who really, for selfish reasons, want to continue to run the country at our expense. People see Trump as actually bringing us back, bringing the country back people appreciate it
5: and it's and it's showing in the polls because people are just um, voting 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 already and even with the rallies in Pennsylvania that Trump did yesterday all three rallies when he took a uh, toll or took a tally of how many people voted most of those people hadn't voted right. and when he asked who are you gonna vote for they broke out in cheers for Trump 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 and that's you know, that's 30,000 people in those rallies yesterday.
1: I counted 45,000. Well, I, I probably miscounted. But no, no, no. <laughs>
5: I mean, but you're, but it's that's a lot of folks.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of folks. And to your point, I mean, the, a lot of them had uh, never voted before. A lot of them had didn't vote in the last election. A lot of them were Democrats. Exactly. So when these polls show likely voters, quote-unquote, uh, I think they're missing the boat with regard to the Trump support because a lot of people that have never been, voted before, a lot of people that didn't vote in the last election, let say, uh, in fact, I read one quote. He says, I'd vote for Trump last time, but this time I'd walk across hot coals. <laughs> to, or broken glass. Or broken glass to vote for the president. It's just really interesting. Linda, just genuinely appreciate your commentary in the show. Will you come back sometime and do this again? Of course. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, if you'd like to get on the email list uh, for distribution or to subscribe to the newsletter that I send out after each show, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Tomorrow we're going to visit with Bob Levy. Bob is the chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about the next term of the Supreme Court. should be a really interesting discussion. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa. He's a professor, and he's also author of Josephus of Oz, a terrific read. Always enjoy his commentary. It's not about politics, about the culture and the impact that things and current events are having. We'll also visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several books, his latest, How Everything Happened, Including Us. So fascinating. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. (laughs)
0: So much for listening to the Bob Hartman show on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobhartman.com.